Welcome to Needs in Nirman. I am Pinaki Sivaj, today's host, and today I welcome Mrs. Geeta Satsangi. She has done her master's in education and a PGD in theology. She also served as a vice principal and has been teaching and counseling children for over 40 years. We also have a daughter, Ms. Meher Satsangi. She pursued her Bachelor of Arts majoring in economics from St. Xavier's College. She worked in Tata Capital before switching to the development sector where she has been working with NGOs to implement multiple on-ground initiatives in the education sector since then. I would like to congratulate her as she has been admitted to University of Chicago where she will be pursuing her Masters in Public Policy beginning this fall. I hope this mother-daughter do gives us a perspective of a broader view. Um, the, let me just begin with the first question. Uh, this is to ma'am. This is for ma'am. Uh, if if there are any three challenges from the top of your mind that India faces in terms of education, then what would they be? Yes. Now, uh, as far as uh, the challenges go, we have plenty of them. But if you uh, ask me to list the top three, first. I would say it's that we have just theoretical education instead of practical training. Mm -hmm. Topics like entrepreneurship are not taught. Children are never taught to think creatively. Uh, rote learning, content uh, learning is that is what we stress on. And as a result, uh, the child only uh, grows up thinking that he has to achieve a certain percentage to crack the exam and get a job. Beyond that, he is not taught to think for himself at all. So that's a major challenge that the child faces. Finally, when he does get out, he finds that he is a total misfit. So uh, therefore, our education, our curriculum needs to be totally revamped. And uh, to just kind of reiterate this point, we have about 50,000 graduates. 28,000 mm -hmm. postgraduates, 3,700 PhD holders who have applied for 62 waiting posts in the telecom departments of the UP police, which required only six pass. Can you imagine what's happening? Exactly. So, I mean, this is the downfall is it? Yes. So, I mean, that's a major challenge that we are facing where we are not able to, our syllabus, our curriculum does not cater to the needs of the economic development of the country or the child itself. Exactly. So this is a little off topic because I know, um, I mean, the challenges are real and of, of course we are the, you know, product of this education system. But like when you were teaching, like did you do something different than what was, you know, asked as teachers to be done in the classroom? For example, you would have taken some topics. So like were you, a, like were you different from like other teachers who were just, you know, putting down teaching in what like, India, Indian education system told you to do and um, like how are you different like were you different in your classrooms when you were teaching kids? Yes of course uh, I tried all sorts of things I tried to give them uh, uh, projects to uh, do on their own uh, to come out in the classroom a simple thing like uh, I would start the classroom since I taught English I would start the classroom with the child just narrating the headlines 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so in turn, all of them would come and narrate the headlines, give them topics for debate. Now, this is uh, that is something which was not part of the curriculum. Exactly. This was basically to make them come out, get over uh, their kind of inhibitions, and also uh, be able to speak. So, exactly. Uh, and like, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yes, so, uh, uh, you know, this kind of uh, thing, uh, whether uh, even a simple thing like uh, uh, gender awareness, the equality. So I would, in the class, bring out certain topics like this, okay, to create that yeah. uh, uh, awareness, exactly. to uh, reduce the divide. But then that is what I did on my own. It was not part of the system. But this is what I feel like teachers are such a blessing. I mean, good teachers are such a blessing because these small things probably that you did for like, you know, like few days in a year, but it's still like it plants a seed into the children's mind and it really like help us bloom into a certain path, which I feel like Indian education system is lacking. I mean, I hope the new education policy helps, but for sure, like for now, nothing has ever been so creative and, you know, something practical for us for our students to just, you know, choose a good path where everything is not about, you know, copying the text from the book and writing in the exam paper. Definitely, I completely agree with you. So, yeah. uh, Mangri, yeah, so I, let's talk about, like, pre-independence um, era and, like, Indian post-independence. So, how do you think that we have moved from uh, education-wise? And do you think that education system has actually address the needs of country like pre and post independence well post independence is what uh, we should have uh, really revamped our policies to uh, see that uh, uh, the demographic dividend that we have should have been capitalized upon now what is happened is that our system has failed so failed so miserably that 70 years after independence also, a majority of the children completing primary education are not functionally literate and numerate. Exactly. So this is both an economic and a moral failure. And yeah. as a result of this, the children do not participate. I mean, the youth cannot participate productively in the economic growth of the country. So our economic uh, the, uh, growth is hampered in fact because they become a liability they are not uh, they do not in any way contribute so, so this our focus basically has been on increasing the enrollment at the cost of poor learning outcomes mm -hmm. so uh, basically all that we do is uh, wanting to uh, the RTE Act for that matter just uh, gives, of course, the intentions are very good. Children should get free education and everyone has a right to education. But exactly. the learning outcomes are very poor. And the no retention policy adds more to the psychological as well as uh, uh, learning outcomes totally uh, are uh, in jeopardy. That is right. But like if you if you were given what if like you were in administration just in case okay hypothetically so is was there anything um, like any policy you think that you would um, you know just cancel out or probably 
um, modify any of the policy which was implemented post independence uh, and how like if anything like you would want to add to the bills or whatever is happening on the ground like anything you would want to add uh so uh basically uh first of all the no detention policy is wrong yeah okay children should learn how to accept failures exactly and uh, they should know that they have to come up to a certain standard if they have to pass mm-hmm. okay so this concept of no detention the child uh, gets the feeling right up to the age standard that he is perfect and can go through and then what happens in the 9th and 10th the same child the learning outcomes are very poor exactly and so the same child fails and the dropout rate at that stage is very high yes. so as a result we have had a, a waste of the entire uh, resources definitely on, on such children whom we have failed in teaching we have failed i mean it is not their failure we have failed because we have promoted them and we have failed to bring them up to the uh, grade where in the ninth they should have proceeded further instead of that they are dropping out because they they cannot cope with the system exactly and apart That's from that it also leads to a psychological uh, it has its impact so the such children also go into depression mhm and uh, we have nothing to do like with the mental nothing health. to do. yeah we have nothing to do about the mental health of the children there's no such concept for a child because all the time what we are stressing on is acquiring your 80 or 90% and getting a job and that then only you are successful exactly so, and that's that's the mindset yeah and so the children who cannot do that get into depression they commit suicide in fact if you see the statistics a student comes into suicide every hour exactly so, so I, i can just go on and on <laughs> no but it's actually very important because um like taking for example my parents i mean they whenever i used to stress about you know school um, assignments or whatever um they didn't think of it as if it was important to me i mean obviously i get the age gap but you know when the kid is in the school and there's a lot of competition now as compared to i feel like when you were in school so i feel like there should be also a mental wellness club or you know psychologist in the school itself to help children of every stratus and every like you know uh, students who are toppers because they also go through a lot of things probably from home you know there must be a drive which uh, which could be a pressure from their parents or kids who are not doing well so there are i feel like everybody needs to come to a common ground where they have a proper mindset to study not just to get a job and a you know house probably in future but to lead a good life you know in which they serve the nation and the world itself i mean that is the end goal yeah i mean that that should be the end goal but unfortunately it is not and uh, like i remember um even as a vice principal i would have students standing outside my cabin during recess time not giving me time to have anything because they wanted to come and talk 
Oh, they just needed someone to talk to. Oh God. And and to I mean of course like I had that uh, kind of a thing with the uh, rapper with the students. Uh, but then mm-hmm. uh, I I just remember how they would just stand and uh, want to just talk and talk about just about anything uh, in the that was happening in their lives. Exactly. So so uh, I mean that was a role that I played. But then all teachers are not equipped for that, exactly. and uh, we do not have the counselors. I mean, okay, the good schools do have counselors. But uh, the majority of the schools in India, villages, they can't even think of it. But even uh, the uh, other schools do not have counselors and not enough stress is laid because uh, we do not concentrate on the mental health of the child. Exactly. That is not part of our education system. You're right. Absolutely. And I will be graduating and I feel like I think I would have uh it would be better if we had psychologists or like normal counselors who could just talk to us like on one to one you know about probably colleges or like normal life i feel like every kid should have that because everybody is going through a lot of things and we can't totally blame the teachers because they also have a lot on their plate so it's not like i think it's a full circle which we are in and we just have to break it and you know take time for ourselves definitely as teachers also you should you also have to think about your mental health and as kids also yes as that of course i agree with you yeah so this one next one is for meher um obviously um she is going to start with her uh, master's degree i'm sure it's been a lot of like what do you think has changed from when you entered the school to where you are like do you see any difference that has been made like how we are learning and you know about the indian education system that you think um, got to right uh i mean yeah so i have just sort of studied in uh, you know a private school delhi public school so i don't think my experiences would probably be representative of you know an average student uh, i think but and i i think that is probably what um, uh, is you know uh, a point that has to be made which represents the broader education system i mean honestly uh, we have uh, in india an education system that more or less taught rather than does human development so, i mean historically hmm. there are two um, roles that an ed- a robust education system should be able to play one is that of human development where you impart you know values where you impart skills where you impart you know the mm-hmm. decision making framework to the student and of course in, in addition to knowledge and the second is a system wherein you sort those children out in the sense you sort the high performers you sort the ones that have the highest aptitude to be successful in you know occupations of you know the importance like like it can be um, anything it can be researchers it can be engineers it can be anything but you need to you need to have both right you need to have you mm-hmm. need to impart human development and you need to sort as well what the indian education probably focuses on is only sorting you know you have to exactly. kind of try to get ahead of the other person and uh, in in this whole bargain in this whole that we forget about human development um, consequently so what we have is 
who are the children who naturally have an aptitude, you know, who naturally have grown up in an environment that has given them, you know, all the resources they need. Those okay. are the ones who end up sort of getting ahead uh, in the whole system rather than, let's say, you know, anybody else also having a fair chance. So we, are, right. we have, as an education system, become really good at sorting. I mean, for example, that is what the IIT exam does. You know, you, you're supposed to prepare for this really rigorous exam, which mm -hmm. sorts you out. Now, if you have that stringent of a selection, I mean, you might as well put those guys in a circuit and still they'll do well. It, exactly. and there's no doubt that they'll, they are going to end up doing well if you're that good at sorting, you know. But... That should not be the end goal of a, of a robust education system. The end goal should be human development rather than simply sorting. Exactly. Because at least in my experiences, I've seen I've seen this happen. I've seen you know children who are naturally uh, adept who already come from a you know affluent background who have who have had you know resources to take in extra tuitions and things like that. They are the ones who are going forward. You know. And in my, when yeah. I, when I used to do my NGO work, you know, when I used to deal with, uh, children who are the dropouts, as my, as my mother pointed out, that, you know, you, you have a lot of dropouts taking place because the, the government, public education system is not catering to their needs. So when okay. I was dealing with these dropouts, you know, uh, and I was, mm -hmm. you know, just thinking about how poor their learning level is compared to what their age is, you know, it, it became very clear that, you know, it, it's only, uh, an education system that is concerned with sorting. And it doesn't bother about the children who are left behind. Exactly. You're right. I absolutely agree with you. But so, like, I have to ask one thing. Um, mm -hmm. If you are in schools right now, like, what if you are in your 12th standard? And that too, like, what you were, do you think that we have developed? Um, in, I know, like, last year completely changed the, you know, um, how we study and everything. But do you think mm -hmm. that there were some positive changes as well? Like how we studied because um, talking, per, like personally talking, I have not like seen something different happening rather than just shifting online. Like nothing happened mm -hmm. uh, in my perspective that, you know, changed how I'm studying. Uh, so do you think that there was a positive like development in what, like how you studied to where we are right now? Yeah, I mean, positive development in the sense that, uh, you know, for example, just speaking about my area, I mean, I stay in Navi Mumbai, and um, we saw a lot of really good private schools coming up that uh, that sort of catered to, uh, you know, the learning needs. I mean, I, I could see some curriculum differences. I could see class classroom practices that were different than, let's say, you know, what was prescribed by, you know, the plain vanilla curriculum. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you have these centers of innovation in uh, certain schools, of course, who have the resources. But then again, is it is that experience that I had representative of, you know, what is happening in the broader country? Probably not. You know, so, so while, exactly. yeah, while private schools can definitely experiment and innovate, uh, you know, they are yeah. implementing a lot of progressive learning techniques and things like that. Uh, and that's a good, I mean, of course, there's no doubt that that's a good thing. Uh, you know, you do, you do need those schools. And I mean, a lot of kids are attending these schools in urban areas. So, I mean, I think approximately 70% of urban children go to private schools like these. So, I mean, that, that 
is in a way a good indication but then also then the inequality uh, of that urban rural divide also exists so i mean we have to always be cognizant of that as well so uh, while there is positive movement in certain pockets uh, it, it's probably the broader improvement in the whole system is what we should probably at the end of the day aim at exactly i completely agree with you i hope everything goes well and you know like the younger people who are coming into the schooling and you know who are younger than us i feel like they should be given a very broader path and you know like a very creative manner in which they can just educate themselves and you know do whatever they want by not stressing about math and you know those learning what we were forced upon i hope everything Absolutely. goes but when the divide you know shrinks and hopefully in future like let's hope that there is no um, inequality and we all come to a same level i think that's Absolutely. the major goal now coming back to math um uh, uh like i want to ask obviously we've touched upon this topic but do you think that india needs to look afresh on the way we've been educating our youth or the way our education as a policy is being implemented in the country obviously we've talked about this topic but if you want to add anything further to this yeah so here i would like to add that uh, uh all the children don't need to reach the graduation level so it's not that everyone needs to become a ba bcom or uh, do some engineering mm-hmm. uh, there should be skill development uh, exactly. some uh, kind of stress on the aptitudes of the child and especially in the villages where the economy is uh, agrarian based or uh, there is some textile industry because india is got such a rich uh vast varied heritage whether it is weaving whether it is painting whether it is some pottery now these children can be given a basic literacy as well as some life skills and some skills to add and further the economy of the villages of the art and uh, uh sort of the economic system of that village probably if the government does enough then these people can become contributors they can even become job providers to the others and exactly. uh, they we could be exporting those goods also so Definitely. i mean they would in, i mean uh, if you look at the villages it's a very sad state we want the child to be passing that wealth and passing his graduation and then at the end of it he's absolutely frustrated because is he capable of getting a job no are we wanting all of them to come to the cities and take up jobs where no. do we have the place where do we have the jobs so our education system needs to really uh, be totally revamped for different sections of the society and at every level there should be let's say like a at the 10th grade at the 12th grade there should be simultaneous skill development so that the child can just move on and set up something of his own or participate in uh, become a useful contributor to the economic uh, uh, activity of the place where he is living he doesn't need to leave that and come to the city to get a job exactly you are absolutely so, right yeah so that that needs a major rethink 
on what are we doing with our education system and just to add to that i was just watching this video yesterday and it was a tile making man in egypt in cairo and he was the only one who was um, you know and these are the exotic tiles he was talking about and he was the last family who was doing that in the whole country and it just um it just popped into my mind when you were saying this because we need skill based learning i mean there's so much craft and so there's so much in india itself and you know a lot of farmers kids don't work, don't want to come to the city they just want to continue what they had but at least if they get basic education on farming on mechanizing and probably opening their own space as dairies or you know whatever i think it will definitely help india's economy and also like it will boost their confidence also because uh, we've seen that farmers don't end up studying so somebody who's my age he does not want to he or she does not want to come to the city and you know do a job they would end up in the village itself but they're not confident because they just drop out of the school because this is what they think that they have to do they don't have to study for farming but i think we have to change that yes it uh, it definitely requires a total revamp absolutely i hope it all whatever we are talking about i hope it all comes true because this is something that i absolutely like i'm very much interested in this and we are all working towards better things and even like meher she is she is going to study about public policy and i hope we get to make these policies work and implement uh because i think there's a lot of potential in india and indian youth and we can do far better than what we are doing today okay so absolutely. let's Uh, to the next question so um this was the question which adi explained and he was talking about how um education needs to marry the industry and by the industry he meant employment so there is a lot of gap um because we have a lot of graduates who do not end up having employment you know right after their education i mean there's a there's they lack skills so how do we breach that how do we create an interface uh where people like us who are studying and they get out um after graduating xyz degree and they end up in the employment sector so what is the middle ground you think that can be created between who are who is going to employ us um and who has just come out in the industry yeah so obviously education needs to marry the industry so as to say uh because uh, uh today the graduate is not skilled enough to be employed so the degree is a worthless piece of paper so as to say and uh, hence uh, the skills for the particular uh, jobs should be provided while they are in college also the industry can play a role as i was talking about in the villages where they can set up agrigen based industries uh, they could uh, help in the crafts and the arts that are there so uh, in order to provide uh, employment to help entrepreneurship to kind of so the industry as such can play a large and vast role a broader role uh rather than just uh, providing jobs in the city exactly. and of course education and needs to be uh revamped in such a way that uh, the skills should be imparted to the students so that when he is out of college he is ready to be employed 
exactly definitely i'd like to ask meher like how was your experience uh, getting into tata and uh, like what were the initial like what was the journey from graduating and coming to a company working there and what was the initial months like so like were they training you did you lack something that they asked you specifically to work on like how was that like yeah so it was a bit of both i would say i mean uh, i studied in zavier so they did a pretty good job uh, i mean i studied uh, subjects like corporate finance and things like that so a lot of uh, things that i had studied already uh, were useful but then i mean of course there is always a huge transition when you graduate and when you start working and uh, you know you realize that there are a lot of things that you probably had no idea i mean a, sim- a simple thing like okay um wh- what is the amount of tax that i'm supposed to pay like a simple life mm-hmm. lesson like uh like a regular day to day thing like okay, how much tax am i supposed to pay what is the whole tax system how am i supposed to navigate it uh what should i know and what should i not know i mean uh, all of those things i re- i realized that i hadn't studied in college at all you know we we hadn't covered all of that at all and i had to sort of go uh, ahead and do that research myself you know i also was doing my uh, cfa simultaneously so i realized that a lot of things that i was using on job was actually coming from this you know external certification i am doing rather than from what i had already learned you know in in college mm-hmm. yeah so i mean you always have to supplement and a lot of or like a huge part of it is like you have to go out of your way to do that exactly it's not always that it 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 sort of imparted to you in your education so i mean that is something you just have to um uh, do along the way as you as you go keep going forward but do you think that we should be given time for example you graduated and i think the first thought that pops up into everybody's mind is get into a great company you know mm-hmm. start building up a resume but do you think that we should respect somebody who's taking a gap year you know before grad before getting into college or after getting into college because like we said there are so many things life skills which we are not taught we we're not even aware about uh you know try um, getting hands on that before we get into the industry or should industry help us uh you know prepare for their uh, you know their company like how they work so what do you think it should be individual or the companies where you want to work they should help you like they should help graduates get into that path and you know soothen up the process of explaining how the work is done in so and so firm Yeah, I mean, see, the ideal situation would be that both are actually helping you. It's it's the education system also that is imparting the necessary skills that you need, and it's the industry also that is uh, obviously training you and teaching you whatever you require to succeed in that particular industry. I mean, uh, which is where this question makes a lot of sense. Like, they both of them need to get married, right? They need need to work in sync. Now that, or I mean, all. in a large number of cases that does not really happen uh, and of course that happens only in certain pockets i would say uh, in in a lot of cases there is no respite for somebody who has let's say decided to pursue economics but then realize that hey you know i probably am more adept for something else you know mm-hmm. and and they are sort of pressured into because of course changing your field is is really uh is really discouraged in this country i would say taking a gap year to rethink things is really discouraged these kind of basic things that will impact the rest of your life that will impact your job fulfillment throughout the rest of your life 
uh, these kind of things are really discouraged. Uh, is is what I have seen in my experience. I mean, um, even when I was applying abroad, uh, those those you know universities are still asking you, okay, have you taken a gap year? And if you have, you can definitely give us an explanation as to what you did or why you did that. So they are exactly. willing to listen to you and you know take that into account. So they look at you know a holistic person who's trying to develop himself or herself. Here, uh, what the usual trend that I have seen is that. Okay, you know, a gap year is supposed to be a major negative uh, on your resume, and mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to sort of really go out of your way to explain, okay, why actually you you kind of took it, and it it those students always kind of tend to fall behind. Definitely. So, That's so this disparity is something that I definitely saw when I was applying abroad as well. How they have sort of gone ahead and developed and realized that okay, you know, you can't really look at these small small things. You have to look at the holistic development of the individual as a whole. While we hmm. are just, you know, caught up in our, okay, you know, what did you have after that? What you did, what did you do? Things like that. Definitely, I'm actually very proud of you. I know we're talking for the first time, but you know, looking at you, um, changing your field, going into something that I'm also interested in, is really like, I don't know, like I feel very proud because people don't take risks. At all, I mean, they end up doing what they don't like for the rest of their lives, and you know, even taking like a small step back and just, uh, you know, realizing that this is probably not for me, and this is somewhere my heart lies in, and I should pursue that. And definitely, like the reason Indian, uh, like even middle class people have started applying abroad because they see that foreign universities sees the potential of an individual, irrespective of the money that they hold. I was applying mm-hmm. in private is mm-hmm. in India. The first thing that they ask is how much is your parents earning. I mean, they do not yeah. care about their SOPs, nothing. They just want to know if you are able to pay the fees or not. I feel like this is a very, um, I, I think it's a very big drawback of uh, how we pers- like how we see education in India, irrespective of its if it's government or it's private. But no, I'm you actually got out like you got into a very Great university, and you know they they understood what you wanted to do in life. True, and in fact, uh, I just adding on to that quickly. Um, I also actually was considering going to ISD in in India, and I had gotten in and all of that. And uh, this is just the whole thing of okay, you know, it's just uh, switching your field because ISD would have probably been a continuation of what I was already doing, which was mm-hmm. sort of I will I would have gone deeper into finance. But then, yeah. um, you know, I just kind of took a step back and realized that that is perhaps not for me. And just just taking that whole decision and you know, you know, applying to a different university and you know, going somewhere else. That was a that was a you know, in a lot of cases, of course, I have a very supportive family, so that was not an issue. But a lot of uh, you know, people around me sort of were like, okay, why are you doing this? Why don't you just simply mm-hmm. go ahead and and just continue to ISB and things like that? And you know, I had yeah. to really take a step back and and just uh, put my foot down and be like, that's not for me. But I'm glad what you decided because I I feel like you will prosper in what you like and definitely like whatever you desire, I think it's going to come out in a very better way rather than doing something that you were not interested in. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Let's hope so. Okay, so next one is for ma'am. Um, because obviously we've talked about, I feel like we've touched upon every topic. Uh, but just to continue, the gap between urban and rural education infrastructures. So, 
in rural areas which uh, which we've seen that they've now got into connectivity and infrastructure but still education is a major challenge uh, to these areas challenges in terms of uh, your teachers infrastructure your portable water you know child health especially child health in terms of menstrual cycle and menstrual hygiene the same issue is also faced by urban uh, areas i mean we also see this in your uh, you know like jugis and all of these areas where uh, there is a divide between urban areas also so how do you think that we can address these issues as we transition to the next stage of our development journey thinking in a, like keeping in mind that the new education policy is about to implement in the country okay so now um though the government is giving money for the villages the infrastructure in the villages the money allocated probably does not reach the intended beneficiaries so therefore we have schools only in name buildings with no teachers teachers with no building and uh, no drinking water no facilities uh there must be also places where all that is there okay we cannot discount the fact that there must be proper schools uh, and other uh, teachers but then again the learning outcomes are zero and uh, children have to be encouraged to attend school uh, because the meaning of education is not really understood uh, you can't blame them because the uh, mm-hmm. they really don't achieve anything after that as i said we don't not promoting skill development etc so what happens is though the government is spending on midday meals yeah and uh, a lot of money is going into that to encourage children to attend school mm-hmm. but uh, what is the end outcome there is i mean uh, you can see that uh, yeah, i mean it's uh, like uh, not achieving the uh, intended purpose the children come to school maybe lured by the midday meal because there's so much poverty in the country but then after that what happens uh, are they skilled enough to go and earn for themselves are they better uh, are they literate so uh, i mean this entire thing needs to be uh, changed uh, somewhere down the line uh, uh, we need to monitor that the money reaches the intended beneficiary at yeah. the same time we need the education system to change in such a manner that children know that if they have completed the 8th standard Nine standard, ten standard, and want to shift out, go and earn for themselves, or contribute even in the family business. They need better skills. Definitely. Yeah. So that is, uh, I mean, there's a huge uh, divide between the rural and urban, and also, like you said, in the urban areas, also there are these pockets where the infrastructure is absolutely poor. So uh, that. uh is uh, definitely the government needs to monitor that probably uh, allocate money at the right uh, uh thing for the right things and also monitor definitely yeah so the, there is no monitoring as i said of yeah. the uh, money allocated reaching the intended beneficiary and uh, the corruption that happens in between 
I mean, and nobody is accountable for that. So, yeah, and government uh, needs to take a stand for you know what's happening in the country because if we don't look into this right now, I think we'll be in the drain and nobody like we couldn't ask anybody for what's happening with that money because we want development, but because of these few people and no monitoring, like you said, the money is going to the drain. We don't know where the money is. Yes, so that is uh, definitely a major problem. Uh, maybe the population, the country being so large, but yet we need to uh, monitor all these things. That at least 70 years after independence, we should have had an infrastructure which could monitor all these gaps and we uh, stop and plug all the leakages. Yeah. Uh, so the last question is about self-directed learning. Uh, so, for example, let me just give an example to the listeners. Um, I see this um, recipe online, okay, and I just end up following that recipe and making something out of it at home. So that is self-directed learning. Nobody told me how to do it. Um, it just came to my mind. I did it my own way. I probably modified what I saw. And I ended up creating something which I liked. So, you know, just like that. Even Achyut explained me about gravity. So, any any spheres of, uh, you know, life, you end up learning yourself in your own creative manner. So, ma'am, do you think that self-directed learning should be an important part of education system in that it can potentially develop the child's deduction and creativity skills which might be really helpful for the country's development and the child's future. Yes, so, uh, I mean, uh, if you see, uh, education doesn't stop uh, with your degrees. Education is a lifelong process. And if you stop learning, you've stopped living. So, learning uh, is a lifelong process, and that thing should be inculcated right from childhood, the, the ability to uh, kind of uh, learn more than what is in the syllabus. But as I said, unfortunately, the system uh, is, again needs a change in order to achieve that. So uh, the child is not encouraged, even at home. I mean, okay, we are not talking of the affluent homes. But if you see any middle class home, I mean, first of all, there might not be any resources to uh, uh, do some uh, extra studying and reading. Uh, also, if the child doesn't, then it's like, okay, why don't you study? Okay, exactly. you have your portion to complete. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, emphasis is laid more on that. You have an exam tomorrow, you have a test tomorrow, and you need to finish your homework. So, the, the child coming back from, let's say, school, uh, wanting to play, needing some free time, and then uh, subsequently just sitting to complete his homework or study for the next uh, test or exam, uh, is not encouraged to pick up something, some extra reading, some, uh, uh, you know, book, that would definitely help in the lifelong process of learning. So that habit needs to be inculcated right from childhood. I completely agree with you about this. Um, I'd like to ask Meher if she would want to add something to this. No, I completely agree. I mean, I, I would concur everything uh, 
it's it's just how the system is structured that uh, again back to the whole uh, concept of how rote learning is promoted rather than conceptual understanding i mean even even whatever is in the curriculum also we are just memorizing and not really understanding so self directed learning i feel is is you know you know really leaps and bounds ahead of of what we can currently even improve on so it is it is a brilliant concept i mean i believe it should be the way things move forward um and i hope at least in certain pockets uh, you know this new experimentation is done but speaking of the broader education system uh, you know we we need to really work on getting our basics right first rather than uh, going forward and you know uh, talking about these progressive concepts because like mm-hmm. like uh, you know even my mother mentioned that majority of the children in the rural areas they don't even have functional literacy and numeracy so yes. uh, concepts like self directed learning will only succeed if we have reached a certain you know basic level yeah. of of competence in education there no doubt no doubt uh, and i but yeah that should be an aspirational end goal there is no doubt about that and uh, it it would really benefit us if we look at that and try to achieve that um, eventually at least at the very least definitely i mean just to like before before we end the uh, podcast i just want to say that it's not that we are trying to create a utopia i mean like this perfect land but if mm-hmm. we don't if it as a perfect like not perfect but like an healthy environment you know something which is developing then i think we are lacking because we are we're not seeing the potential and if we don't stop like if we don't start now with what we want to achieve i think we won't be near to what we are talking about right now and it is it is the basics what we are talking about in terms of education you know personal mental health or whatever everything comes down to like individual and a society and i think it's very important to create a decent healthy society where everybody every kid is allowed to you know learn in a good manner having good teachers having a great environment to just prosper and serve at the end what are we doing the human we are serving back to our world our community and, and i think that we should not uh, limit down our potential which i feel like we we're not even exploring in indian education system right now 100% i completely concur well i i'm so grateful that this happened because there's so much to learn from ma'am and from you because i don't know this is this is the beauty of meeting and communicating with people and i thank you so much for your time um i'm sure that if people are listening to this they can jolly take something out from it and you know help us make a better future for everybody and serve people in ways it helps like our society and just you know prosper thank you so much for your kind words and it was a pleasure yeah really lovely to meet you